hearing loss is a huge growing and unseen issue for society. According to the World Health Organization, one in five people worldwide are currently living with hearing loss. This impacts their access to communication, employment, education, healthcare, and public services. My name is Kes Khan, and I was born profoundly deaf. I wear bilateral implants, which now allow me to hear and speak. It's this personal journey that led me to create Connect with Kes. The aim of this show is to provide a safe space where individuals can come together to discuss the challenges and opportunities they face in today's changing society. Today's exciting hearing and communication technologies mean we have more opportunities than ever before. Does society know this? Through Connect with Cares, I hope to raise awareness in society and in the media where those of us with hearing loss are often misrepresented. I'll be talking to people who are deaf and hard of hearing and those professionals working with them. Careers, relationships, technology, mental health, nothing's off the table as we hear the stories and insights that can inspire a more inclusive and informed society. Today, we have a special guest from Uganda. Elaine Mukaya is a Ugandan 17-year-old girl who was diagnosed with severe hearing loss at an early age. She is the first child to wear bilateral cochlear implants in Uganda. In 2017, Elaine and her dad attended the World Health Organization to raise awareness about the need to improve hearing health worldwide. In this episode, we'll be talking about Elaine's experience at the WHO and the challenges faced by people with hearing loss in Uganda. Let's begin. Hey Elaine, it's lovely to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm very fine. Oh, that's great to hear. Elaine, I can't believe that the last time I saw you was at the World Health Organization in March 2017. Yeah. You were a little girl. I think you were around maybe 9 or 10 years old. And now seeing you all growing up as a teenager, I just can't believe it. This upcoming March, it will be seven years since we met. I feel too old already. <laughs> yeah. So you were the first Ugandan child to, to receive cochlear implants. Can't believe it. Could you start by telling us when you lost your hearing and when you received your cochlear implants? So I lost my hearing due to autotoxicity. So by then, Uganda didn't have good services. My dad took me to the US to get implanted and on 2010 my left ear was implanted by then I was four and on my right 2012 and I was implanted at my and I see and I, I'm sure that receiving the cochlear implants have made a huge impact on your life. True. Just, right and just imagine your life would have been entirely different if you hadn't mm-hmm. received those cochlear implants. You wouldn't able to hear your parents your siblings and you were very lucky to have the opportunity to receive support from people who were trying to get you cochlear implants. I feel grateful and I really feel blessed to have that really opportunity. Yes. So mm-hmm. did you attend mainstream school? If so, what kind of support did you receive? Did you struggle quite a lot in education? Uh, I didn't struggle in education because like there was so much support for out like from preschool or up to middle school. So back in preschool I was I was at Clark. 
like basically the whole class of with a hearing impairment. Now, like when it came to elementary, I was with normal hearing peers as well, but I had small sessions with my speech therapist and a assistant teacher, which helped me in academics. Oh, that's great to hear. And did you get along with your hearing friends? Yeah, I did get along with them. It seems you have a lot of confidence. Were you, were you able to share your feelings with your hearing friends? Yeah, I was able to share my feelings because like, you're able to know who you are and then you need to let those needs be spoken about. That's great. That's, I, I'm glad to hear that. Did you receive a kind of a support such as teaching of deaf at school? No, it was just, um, just basically speech therapy. Right, I see. You were invited to the World Health Organization in 2017 because you were the first child cochlear implant recipient to address WHO. Do you remember your experience at World Health Organization? How did you feel when you first found out? Being addressed to the World Health Organization was really like a really big thing because like I'm just like a big honor and a privilege to do so. And like being addressed at the international level, it was really good. Like, like the way... Like the way you were invited to the UN as well. Yes, I love, as you've seen my uh, speech at the United Nations. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, and I'm sure it was uh, the most incredible experience for you. Um, what was your favorite moments at WHO? My favorite moments, number one, I would say, is like being at the same ground with other people who also have cooking plants. Because like back in Uganda, it wasn't very common. Mm. And... Number two would be like touring around Geneva. It's a really lovely place. I would want to go back there. And if it was given the opportunity to rest, I would really want to go back. Another thing I would say is, okay, like being at World Health Organizations, like like to, to really fathom and to comprehend that like you're being at the most top organization that is in charge of all the world health issues, it was really the good thing. Right, and I see, and, and I'm sure that it, before you went to WHO, have you met anyone who is deaf? No. No? No, I haven't. Wow, that's quite mind-blowing. I'm sure you have a, a special connection with uh, someone who has the same experience as you in DBHO. It, like, like, um, it really leaves you up in, like, when you're going through hearing and standing, like, knowing that you're not alone there. Thinking back to our time at DBHO, I remember how genuinely excited you were. It surprised me because you weren't shy kid at all. You were so open and really seemed to be having a blast. I am not sure if you can remember, but we went to one of the restaurants in Geneva. We tried fondue, which was a pot of cheese and with, uh, with pieces of bread. We had a sudden Swiss traditional entertainment at the restaurant. There was another moment that at the Ladore Cafe, where I was working alone and we bumped into each other. We had such a great chat. We took some photos at the WHO. I still have photos of us, but it got me really emotional when I look back. When I heard about your speech, it was so inspiring. Your dad was trying to raise awareness to improve better hearing care in Uganda. Those memories, the, okay, um, the moment that you speak, those memories are like are now clicking in. Small glimpse of them. I read an article where your dad mentioned, at times, we were the only family with a deaf child in the country. Are there, any, are there a lot of deaf and hard of hearing communities in Uganda? Have you met any other deaf children in Uganda? Yes, there are deaf communities in Uganda. Um, it's, it's quite a number, but not many. But it was through my parents' initiative, certain organization that brought the deaf people out of their isolation. 
So those people you have met, do they have cochlear implants like you? Yeah, they do have cochlear implants. Some have cochlear implants like on one side or both of them, or some people like have hearing aids as well. What was the biggest challenges and struggles concerning hearing loss in Uganda? What was the situation in Uganda? The challenges and the struggles in Uganda, I'll say it's like the stigma that comes in by the parents who give up to children because it's like a really big society assumption that like, like it's like a total disgrace to them. Another another point I'll take in is the misdiagnosis. Like for instance, there was a lady there was a lady who was um she lost her hearing at some certain point and when she was taken to the hospital. Right. The result came in that like she had mental illness, which she knew that she didn't have. But because, like, that was the only way through. So because of that, the counseling came in and with people in and out, one person recommended that she should have a hearing checkup. And when that happened, yes, it came out that she had hearing loss. For the situation in Uganda, it really needs to be pulled up a bit. But when it comes to the situations of Uganda, there's, like, no newborn screening at all. And of, there are a few centers for the hearing loss, but it seems like they're privately owned. Yeah. Their fees are very high. And, of course, with their finances as being high, no insurance can fully cover that whole treatment. Uh, your parents have set up an organisation to improve yeah. the services and resources in Uganda. How's that going? With the communities, okay, let me say in the situation before, the situation concerning the homeless, it was really bad, but through, the, okay, through, the, through my parents' organisation, Hang is based in Uganda, it has, it, it has made it fair because, like, the situation here, like, there's no free newborn screening. Mm. But, like, the major problem is, like, the government has not really looked upon, like, has not worked on the area of hearing loss, that even if, like, HHVU has made the awareness campaigns, nothing has, like, nothing has been given much about it. Just a couple of months ago, you mentioned you hosted an event. How was that event um, that you were trying to raise awareness about hearing loss? The, the the awareness went really well. Just a couple of people came in, but like the people that were from the organization, um, from the organization, like they presented that like their poems and what the like the theme of the gala was hear me, because like not many people know about it up to now. So like it was more of bringing that. Right, right, yeah. and was it a lot of people attended the event? No, not a lot. It was few, like basically the parents. I remember you uh, tested me that uh, you were quite disappointed that not many people show up at the event. But actually, you made a difference to those few people. It's all about the quality rather than quantity. Thank you for that reminder because I felt a bit down because like I expected so much that like we want to do something big and there's like little attention to it. But it's like we people go there. You were asking me for a couple of advice how to become an advocate or a role model in Uganda. So for this, because like when, when I ask about that advice, I was thinking this has going to be mentally into that. So with that, for can see, I would be more into blogging, into social media since I'm really that quiet. Mm. In what way, what would you like to see big changes in Uganda? In Uganda, it's like that World Health Organization through the Ugandan government that it will it would it would prioritize the area of hearing loss so that like all these barriers and like the really big gap it will be really improved on. And my second point would be like to subsidize cochlear implants to the level that we Ugandans can afford. Mm. 
that I find I would say is like awareness would be created, like you know what homeless is, that it can be treated, and that no Ugandan will be left behind. And I'm sure that we would need to improve those changes in those underrepresented countries where um, people don't have a lack of the services, a lack of resources. I hope that this is something that we need to improve. Uh, maybe we could in one day, maybe this is something that we need to work on as a project together. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, the last time I saw you, I did you with the HR and I hope to meet you in person again. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully, of course. What was your biggest achievements? My biggest achievement is without the opportunity that was given to me, I'll say that my story is like an anchor for the other people that for the, for the other people right. with the hearing loss to see that when this person has gone through this, it's going to be the same for their children as well. Mm. Just to wrap up this conversation, I would like to ask you a final question. What would you like to be when you're growing up? What I'd like to be when I grow up is I'd like to be an audiologist because it would be beneficial to the hearingness in Uganda. Wow, that's quite inspiring. I've seen an article where you have written about yourself. What would you like to be when you're growing up? This is, this is your own words. Yes. My, my name is Elaine. I am 10 years old. I bring you greetings from Uganda. I wear cochlear implants. Without them, I can't hear you. I am a fourth grade. I like math, science, and reading. When I grow up, I want to be a robotic engineer to help many deaf children to learn to talk. <gasps> That's so, I mean, you have a lot. It's really inspiring. Thank you so much, Elaine, for coming to my show. It's absolutely incredible to hear about your experience. And it's lovely to see your, you know, um, your achievements and your goals. Uh, it's lovely to see you again. Lovely to see you.